Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? I'm good. A little chilly today, wasn't it? Um, welcome to winter. Welcome to winter. That's right, in West Texas. Yeah, this is winter. It's, it is. Uh, it's better late than never, I guess. I mean, because if there's not a good winter, you're probably going to have a lot of mosquitoes and yeah. a lot of critters running around. Yeah. We escaped uh, the Lubbock uh, uh, weather. Lubbock ended up with three or four inches of snow. Wow. Were you, um, how long have you been in West Texas? Like Lubbock? And Going area, on three years. Three years. Okay. I think it was probably about five years ago. The panhandle got a blizzard. Like there oh, was really? a blizzard, blizzard. And like a lot of cows died. And what? Yeah. And it oh, was, I didn't know yeah. that. So it was, um, yeah, it was probably about three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's um, it is kind of chilly. It should be here for another couple of days, and mm-hmm. then it's gonna go back up to the sixties. And yes, you know, it's it's kind of strange. We've been waiting for weather like this, right? But I think February is gonna be the always is the coldest month. For yeah, us. I think uh, February we had three or four days of snow or something like yeah, that. Didn't so, we? Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Get prepared, right? Yeah. So how was your weekend? It was good. Went back to Dallas for some uh, business. Uh, also, I had a celebration of life from a friend that I had known back in the 90s when I was at a, a company. So I got to see some old um, co-workers that I hadn't seen in 30 plus years and uh, then made it uh, back here on Sunday. So celebration of life, meaning the, your friend passed away? Yeah, she passed oh, away oh. unexpectedly at 54. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they had a funeral for her okay. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've been really digging into people's obituaries. Is that okay. weird? No, it's not weird. I don't think so, right? I don't think so. I like uh-huh. to see people's old pic you know, their and old pictures. What are you picture. looking for? I'm not looking for anything. But you- what draws my eye okay. is old pictures, like from the sixties, seventies, then eighties, and then kind of figure out, oh look, look that looks like a picture from the nineties. So so if if you're looking at an obituary, and it's a it's an older person that passed away. Right. Do you want to see a 1930s or 40 picture, yeah. or do you want to see what they look like now? No, no. Back in the day, I think age aging um, okay. really draws my attention. Okay, and uh, I just like to see people when they're young, and then because I think I'm getting to the point where I'm like, oh, that's that's how people used to look like. Yeah. Like, or whenever I was 20, the 40 year olds, you know, are now 60. And now I'm the 40-year-old. I know. But do I feel or look like them? You know what I mean? So, And I don't know. And I can I can never crack, crack that code. Does anything uh, find you fascinating when you read it? Like how many grandchildren they have or maybe they move from XYZ to somewhere yeah. else? Yeah. You kind of look for all that? Yeah, I look for that. Or um, And, you know, that's an idea that I have is to maybe create one day something that you put more inf- information on yeah. there if you want to celebrate somebody. And, like, there was one time I saw a, an obituary, and this person was from Mexico, but they were part of the Seminole tribe that moved to Mexico from oh, Florida wow. and, during the Trail of Tears. And they created their own tribe or colony, oh. I guess, in Mexico. That's interesting. And so she is part of that tribe. And so that was interesting. And then I went a whole deep yeah. dive on a on a Wikipedia, all the Google search and sure. YouTube. Went about, down a rabbit hole. Yeah, about the uh, tribe, uh, the Seminole tribe from Mexico. 
So yeah, just things like that. So did you do anything else this weekend other than that? Yeah, um, <laughs> I wasn't in the obituary, so that's yeah. That's no, you're another. here. Yeah. Yes. Um, other than that, um, you know what? No, just uh, kind of just again, as always, just um, hang out with the fam. Um, pretty much it. I mean, we did have a uh, a sick kid at home. Oh, you did. Yeah. So we didn't do too much. COVID. No, no, okay. no. She's okay. she's that's scary too for kids, right? I think it, I think I, it's scary I all around, right? Yeah. I was able to shut down Saturday night and watch the pay per view. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I really wanted to do that. I mean, I literally blew off most of my friends that I gotta watch this. I don't right. know what to tell you, you know. Right. Um. Yeah. No, it was a great pay per view. I mean, we can go ahead and kick off the show with um the UFC. Recap, UFC 283 Teixeira versus Hill. This was live this past Saturday from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Kicking off our recap, we have the welterweight division clash of Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magny. Both fighters looking for a big win and move up to the top of this division. I mean, right right off the bat, Burns just solidified his position in the top five up uh, welterweights. Look, Burns' game plan was use his strength against his opponent's weaknesses, a ground game, and a Brazilian jiu-jitsu master. I mean, he just looked every part of it and just overwhelmed Magni. He sure did overwhelm him and finally got him to the ground. And, you know, I don't think I've never seen Neil Magny become be a ground kind of guy. Yeah. He's always been that stand up, um, fight you, you know, land the perfect shots. He didn't get a chance with Burns, you know, ultimately um, getting that tri- arm triangle in and uh, getting a submission win. Yeah, it was it was a beauty. You know, me and you both love a, a, a good ground game submission. And we got every part of that in this match. Now, it's interesting. Um, after the match, Burns called out Kobe Covington. What do you think about that? He did twenty-one and five and fourteen and five uh, in the UFC. Now, yeah, he made a call out to Kobe Covington. He goes, "I'm coming for you." But is that the right? Is that the right person to go for? I don't think so. Right, I don't think so either. Yeah, I I think that uh, he should have a title elimination match with. Bali Muhammad, what do you think about? Oh yeah, that? that's what I have here. Yeah. Bali Muhammad, um, he's coming, looking good too. Bali Muhammad is looking to. I even think for one reason or another, something's told me that, or or I've read somewhere that he's the backup to the Leon Edwards and uh, Kamara Usman fight. Bali, yeah. Oh, interesting. Muhammad, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. okay, and and you know that, talk about that a little bit. That could be a little in question because I guess lately we've been seeing Kamar Usman walking around with a castle in his hand. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, they officially made the announcement that they, it is set in March from London. Yeah. I believe it's in London. Um, so, yeah, it's a couple months away. I mean, it's going to be here right before you know it. Well, I think we are going to see, uh, like we saw for the title match, where there's going to be always a backup. I think right. 2023 is going to be, for the UFC, we want a backup plan. We don't want to lose a title fight if we can't help it. How about for Neil Magny? What's next for him? 27-10, in the UFC. Uh, I think he needs to focus on improving his grappling and level up, level himself up in jiu-jitsu prior to his next bout. Uh, I have him maybe facing a Worley Alves who also fought on that night and lost. Okay. I, I didn't see, I didn't think about him. Um, I had a couple of names, but now that you kind of bring up the the grappling, yeah. uh, I had a, a Michael Chiesa, Chiesa, who, but he is also a grappler. That's a problem. Yeah, and um, another name I had here is Kevin Holland. You know, maybe he's 
Kevin Holland stepping up, trying to find another name in that division. Because Kevin Holland never disappoints, never no. shies away from a, from a big name. And um, I think that would be pretty good. They're both kind of stand-up fighters. That's what I was going to say, strikers. Yes. That would be a good matchup. So I think so, too. Yep. Next up on the card, we had uh, Davidson Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno in a flyweight division clash. Three fights in the books against each other with the fourth and final bout to decide who reigns over the other. Um, Man, it, it was it was very intense coming into it, right? The whole place very. was intense. Um, there wasn't not even a uh, touch of gloves. Um, they, they didn't like each other. But there was a respectful uh, bow by uh, it was. D- uh, Davison Figueredo. Mm-hmm. Um, and right away, uh, Brandon Moreno finds himself in trouble, almost in a guillotine choke. Yeah, I mean, I saw both fighters getting their fair share of punishment in in this one. Uh, You know, I think Figueredo was possibly winning on the cards in the first couple rounds, Mm. but it was razor sharp close, don't you think? Um, Yeah, I think so. I think I would. It was razor sharp, but in my my view, it was more towards uh, Moreno's side. Okay. Um, uh, But I don't know. Something looked off. For, from uh, Figueredo. It, it did, because right? because to me, Morano was pushing forward aggressive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when Figueredo usually is that guy. Did you see Figueredo's head right, right before the match? He had a huge knot. I did not. No, he had a I knot didn't on his see head. That. I guess I didn't notice that. So no. I think something may have happened in a training camp yeah. um, right, leading up to the fight. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, it was a great fight. Ultimately, we do have Brandon Moreno in the third, uh, landing a huge big left uh, hand um, that really bothered Figueredo. Um, and ultimately, I think also kind of his knuckle probably hit his eye or going into his eye. And there was a slight protest. Herb Dean said there was no eye poke and they continued the round. Um, but ultimately, we did have a doctor stoppage. I guess I didn't realize. I figured any. Any kind of, uh, I guess, object going into an eye would be considered illegal, but they the announcers are like, no, a knuckle yeah. is per- perfectly legal. And that's interesting, right? It's interesting. It's like, like you said, a knuckle goes into your eye. Let's say you, you're fighting, a woman is fighting, and their hair yeah. gets into someone's eye. Like, yeah. slap them in the eyes. Yeah. That's not a foul? I guess I, not. I guess not. It's part so, of the game. It, it always leads me to believe that now we're going to be having fighters uh, focusing and practicing knuckles to the eye. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. that happens a lot where you'll see something that uh, a fighter's figured out it's legal or it's a gray area, and then all the other fighters start doing it. Kind of like the calf kick, which was non-existent three years ago, and now right. everybody does it. Right. Um, but it really impacted a Figueredo and his eye. He, he did not open that eye. I'm I'm leading or I'm to the I'm in belief that it possibly broke his uh, orbital. It looks like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh it looks like uh and he swelled up yeah, as well after close, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you think we're going to get a fifth round, a fifth belt? Absolutely not. Yeah, I hope not either. It is is absolutely it's done deal. Um, yep. But first, for the winner, what do you think is next for Brandon Moreno, who brings back? He's now a two time flyweight champion. Twenty one six and two nine three and two in the UFC now a big win, and is finally done with this battle with the same opponent for over three years, and now has a unified flyweight uh, title champ under back under him. I think a fight with the fourth-ranked fighter, Alexander Pantoja, should be next for him. 
Um, I don't know if you heard this, but um, Pantoja actually confronted uh, Moreno that same night. I did in not the back. hear that. Yeah, in the back, um, in the uh, dressing room, uh, basically taunting him, calling him out. And um, Brandon Moreno responded with, you know what, tomorrow you can talk here at mess, but tonight, let me enjoy this. And so I, I also think uh, a run with uh, Alexand- Alex Pantoja is next. And how do you think, uh, how do you think that matchup is going to fare for one or the other? I know it's a way soon, but yeah, way soon. I, right now, I'm just gonna go ahead and stick with the champion. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially after that, Kai Kara France, because Kai Kara France was really coming up roll. strong on a roll. Yeah, and then just catches him, and then now catches Figueredo. Um, he's he now Moreno's on the roll. Yes. Um, how about four Figueredo? Twenty-one, three and one, ten, three and one. UFC, a tough way to lose this time, but he indicated a move to bantamweight. So, let's do the Fight Shed podcast. Where does he rank in the new division game with Figueredo? Let me go ahead and pull up that top 10, and let's just see where he fails. So, Figueredo in the bantamweight at 10. Ricky Simone, should he, is he going to beat him? I think he does. I think he does, right? Yeah. Okay. Number nine, is he going to beat Young Dong Sung? Not, not the Young Dong Sung of late. I don't think he can get that. But again, I mean, it's Figueredo. He he hasn't lost but one to one guy in to three years. To one guy, right? Man. But the thing is that those guys have been fighting at that that weight. He has got to yeah. Maybe he just walks around it that way. Well, um, he does. Let's just go for for the fun of it. Let's say yeah, yeah. he beats him. He beats yeah. uh, Sungdong. Uh okay, number 8, does he beat Dominique Cruz? Who? That'd be a good one, and I think his youthfulness does beat the veteran. I agree, uh, uh, Dominic Cruz. The always tough at number seven, Rob Font. Um, I think he does. I, I think, think he, he gets too. by Rob Font. I yeah. think he does too. Number six, gotta get past this guy to get five. Uh, Corey Sanhagen. Ooh. <laughs> now I'm getting some getting some names. I think Corey Sanhagen is a tall bantamweight. He is, and so. That length may be the difference in that one. Um, man, I don't know. It's tough. Do we stop at five, at six? Or, I mean, the other names, like, after this is Marlon Vera. Do you think he gets by Marlon Vera? I don't think he gets past Marlon Vera. I mean, it's interesting. But even if you look at down down the, the list, I mean, the people that are there, um, for Pedro Munoz, yeah, exactly. Pedro Munoz. We saw that. We saw the looks like unstoppable Umar Narmaga Madoff. Uh-huh. I mean, that's going to be a tough night out for him sitting uh, at thirteen. How about a Cub Swanson, uh, who's all the way down at thirty-seven? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's a tough that's a tough fight. Yeah, I mean, there's there's um yeah I I would I want to see uh, Figueroa jump into this division. Start off with a nice name. I think there's another name that a lot of people that I've heard been throwing around just right now, just recently, within the last couple days. Who? Of course, Cody Garbrandt. Yeah. So if so, I I think we stopped. You know, uh, in our hypothetical, probably number six. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there like one dream fight in this division that you would love to see Figueroa go up against? Because I have one. Marlon Vera for me. Oh, is that one for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about yours? Peter Yan. Wow. I want to see a Peter Jan. I mean. They're both feisty, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I like Figueredo because he's just a, 
mean and rude. He is, isn't he? And and when he's on his game, I think this weight cut drained him. He and he looked great, right? He looked. He didn't look. He looked fit, cut in ever all the places. Um, but man, I think he really had to. This is the last. I mean, yeah, he definitely needs to move up, and I think we're underestimating really his true weight because I really do think his true weight now is at the bantam weight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we, we look forward to um, him jumping up to the bantamweight division. Absolutely. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening. Glover to share versus Jamal Hill in a light heavyweight division clash. A fight for the championship saw a veteran of this division going up against a rising star for all the marbles. Were you as surprised as I was in Jamal Hill? At at his performance. As performance? Yeah. Uh not really. I don't think I was. I think going in, did we think that we were gonna get the same fighter that came in against Yuri Praheshka Praheshka with Glover Teixeira? No, I did not. I didn't think so. I think we were gonna get an older Glover Teixeira, one that kind of showed his age coming in knowing that he's at the end of his career and then we have a young and up and coming uh jamal hill coming in 11 and 1 um into the the fight coming off an amazing knockout of johnny walker a few months ago um i I think a lot of people are surprised about jamal hill winning the title i'm so the, the what and we did discuss if he wins a title he wins it in the early rounds right he gets a knockout Yes. Because the shadow will use his experience, get him on the ground. But, I mean, from the first round on, Teixeira tried to get him down, and he could never get him down. Until Did he? May- maybe a couple of times. Did he really? Did like, he try? Oh, like, that, here, here's my I, thing. There was attempts. H- hindsight's twenty twenty. Had I known what, what Teixeira was going to do at the end of this fight, it would have made sense to me because when I was watching this fight in my notes, I put, I was just confused as to why Texera was standing this whole fight. Like he literally, he made a couple kind of attempts, but it wasn't like I'm taking down Perkaja. Like it was with passion and, and, and doing his game plan. And you could see at the end of the fight, Texera's face was busted up because he was standing, standing. And the thing is too, um, Teixeira did land the, the the takedowns when he actually tried it, right? That's when what I'm saying. Yes, it, right. And but it was a little too late, or yeah. couldn't do anything while he was on top, um, and it withstanded so much, so much. I mean, head kicks, so many head kicks to the you know to the side of the head, um, and just got busted up to both sides of the head. He just stood in front of him. I mean, he literally just stood in front of him. I felt like he already had one foot out of the octagon. Um, it. <laughs> It, it just wasn't the Tixera that we've seen in the past where he would annihilate people on the ground. It just wasn't him. And and you're right. It could be because he's older, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he's past his prime. And, you know, he just his passion's not there anymore. Well, in the end, we do have Jamal Hill defeating Glover Tixera by unanimous decision, 50-44, 50-44, and 50-44. 13 and one now, 7-1 UFC, becomes the first Dana White Contender Series winner to become a UFC champ. Uh, Hill and Dana White have made it clear that his next opponent will be the former champ, Yair Pushkaja. See, but that's the thing. I think he's out for almost eight months. 
Well, we've seen we've seen champs wait longer. Yeah, have we I not? Guess so, um, you know? but if that doesn't come, I mean, I have that right. I have, yeah, we, everyone knows that's the who, next fight. Who who do you who do you want him up against if he's not doing that now? Um, man, I don't think anyone else has earned that. Polish power. What about the Polish power? Well, he got the draw versus Ankaliev, remember? And so that's got to be re, 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 does taken it? back. You know, you have to re, replay that. Yeah, does it? I do. I, I want to because we both were high on Ankaleev. We were. I know. And we know. We know um, what uh, um, Blahovich. We we know what he can do, but he's also but long in the tooth. Here's the thing: they haven't even scheduled that bout. No, they haven't. So let's just say they schedule in three months. Right. Well, the the winner of that ain't gonna is not gonna fight Hill for then another three months. So. He's still out six, eight months. Anyway, I you am, have a guy? No, I got a guy. You've got a guy. I got a guy. And, you know, it's set up perfectly. You got a guy. By well, his coach. By his coach. Well, it can't be, it can't be John Jones, the okay. GOAT of this division, because he's moved up. So his coach just doing? fought Jamal Hill. His coach just fought Jamal Hill. Okay. Like, I don't, like Saturday. Okay. I don't know who it is. So it's Glover Teixeira fought Jamal Hill. Okay. Glover Teixeira trains... Um, Alex Pierre. Alex Pierre. Okay, but Alex Pierre is not in that division. Uh, he can easily make that division to go up. Come on, it's like yeah, it's like uh, 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 Adesanya jumped up to go fight Yabahovich. Okay, we already have one of those scheduled in March, or uh-huh. actually scheduled scheduled in two weeks. Mm-hmm. A guy, a champ, moving up for another champ. Right. So now you want? And we've tied up now two divisions. Now we're going to tie up two more divisions to get yep. that done. Yes. Oh, I don't know about that. No, but what the, what kind of backstory that is? You, you know, oh, I see. You know what I mean? The, Just the, the selling the, point. The student defends the honor of his master. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Mm. And it, I mean, if, if here's if, here's here's the problem. I like Alex Pierre. I, I like him too. Don't you? I like him too, especially if it's a stand-up game. I like Alex Pierre. Yeah. But you know Jamal Hill. I mean, all, my, our hats too off to Absolutely. him. Absolutely. I mean, he, just a congratulations on him becoming a the light heavyweight ch- a champion of the world. Yep. Um And I I kind of saw a little bit this coming, especially like I said, J- he knocked out Johnny Walker. To he did two weeks later, um, and uh, I just uh, I I saw that coming. So, um, but I didn't see it this soon. I did not either. But I will have to tell you, Glover Tixera ended with uh, 33 and 9, 16 and 7 in the UFC. Uh, he's, he said he's going to concentrate on coaching his current UFC middleweight champion, Alex Piera. Thank you for the memories, man. I oh, mean, so yeah, many good memories, definitely. right? And probably one of the nicest guys. Super guy. Right? And I think a lot of people can put on a show for TV and cameras, but I think genuinely, genuinely, he is one of the nicer um, faces in the MMA. Absolutely. Do we have any fight of the nights or fighters of the night? So who would you guess one fight of the night? Fight of the night has to be the Comey event, Murano versus Figueredo. And no, that's that's wrong. That is not wrong. No. I mean that is wrong. Okay, so who who Well um, it looks like um Dana Dana White gave a parting gift to um Glover Teixeira and uh, Jamal Hill. And oh. they gave him fifty thousand dollars nice. for their fight of the night. How about performances of the night? There are two, but they were actually not even on the main card. No, oh, well then, who are they? Um, so Jelton Almeida, who got a, a devastating knockout of Shamil Adurakhmayev, and Ishmael Bonfrim, who also got had a flying knee knockout of one of our favorite fighters, oh. Terrence McKinney. Oh wow! Flying knee knockout. Wow. 
You know, this whole card was pretty decent. Uh, on paper, Solid. it was kind of uh, iffy. Yeah. But, um, man, the performances were amazing. Amazing, right? We had right? really good performances. We had the um, the final fight of uh, Shogun Roa. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. He didn't come out successful on nope. that. He nope. actually was um, TKO'd in his final fight. He was. Yeah, I know. Robocop fought that night. Robocop. Uh, yeah, he was uh, decimated. Oh, he was? TKO'd. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'll have to tell you, uh, I was kind of there with the commentators on both the Texera fight mm-hmm. and then the lady fight, the women's fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Lauren oh, Murphy. yes. I, I, I will have to tell you, uh, I think the refs should have stopped both of them. You know, sometimes fighters are can be just too much of a warrior for their own good, and Lauren Murphy was just getting decimated. But why do we put that on the ref? Why can't we put that on the uh, coaches? They know they know her. Yeah, you're right, and and we do at least find in boxing they are smart enough to throw in the towel when they right. need to throw in a towel. UFC fighter, UFC coaching and fighting, just they want to go out on their shield. And I thought Texera's uh, fight with Hill should have been stopped too. I mean, he was just getting busted. I've off. heard um, commentators say that too. That yeah. you know there was really nothing nothing saying that. Tachetta was going to make his way back or come exactly. back or anything. But that Lauren uh, Murphy just gone Josh fight, yes. that was devastating. That was, was terrible. terrible. Uh, I, I read somewhere that she took more shots to the head than Joanna um, Mjacek did whenever she fought her epic fight with Yang Wei Li. That doesn't surprise me. And here's the thing. This is the second time that Lauren Murphy has gotten decimated because her last one, she got decimated by, I think, Pena? Um, Shoshenko. Shoshenko, yeah. Yeah. Crushed. And, a second to the last fight, because she just fought, came off a win of versus uh, Misha Tate. Oh, that's right. However, she was busted up by um uh, Shashenko. Yeah, just champion. terrible. Yeah, it was, and yeah. and I don't know why we keep putting her back. I mean, she, I guess we know why she's a tough uh, fighter. Yeah, right. Um, she's a show person, but uh, I just I I don't think I don't know why we keep putting her on the main card. Yeah, I don't. You know I don't I mean? either. And, and I don't know if we see her back in the UFC after I don't this. Know. Yeah, I think sometimes I think the UFC does merciful releases. Yeah, that's right? true. Yes. So, and I think this would be one of those. Yeah. So, uh, where do you have the bar at on this? You know, what? I, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a solid eight point five. I mean, it was or maybe a nine out because it was two championship bouts, so nine. I think it's a nine too. Yeah. I I, I think uh, when you look top top to bottom, right. uh, a top lot of bottom. them. Were finishes, submissions, Paul, or KOs. Johnny Walker, Paul Craig. Yes. Johnny Walker, I mean, devastating, yes. devastating Paul Craig. And I picked Paul Craig to win. I yeah. think I did. Um, because what have he's done in the past. That's right. But it's just yeah. up and down. And good, a good first pay-per-view to of 2023. Yeah, yes. welcome to 2023 on the pay-per-views. And then now we have a break. <laughs> and now we have a break, yeah, yes. Well, one week break, so there's no, no, no uh, UFC for this coming week. Um, but... Hot on its trails. Let's see. Hot on its hills. In the next two weeks, we do have the UFC fight night. Derek Luce versus Sergey Spivak in a heavyweight division clash. That one's going to be big. And that whole card looks to be, you know, pretty decent. Absolutely. And then in three weeks, I think we have another uh, pay-per-view, don't and we? another pay-per-view, Absolutely. yeah. From, from Perth, Australia. Well, um, since we don't have anything to preview... Let's just go ahead and jump into MMA news and notes. Well, speaking of that uh, big pay-per-view this past weekend, Islam Makhachev 
and Alexander Volganovsky had a face-off ahead of their upcoming UFC 284 super fight in Perth, Australia. So, are you super super hyped for this fight? And who is your pick right now? Uh, I'm not really super hyped for this fight, but right now I'm leaning towards Alexander Volkanovsky. Why are you not super hyped for I, this? I just Why, what, I don't. What, what, the styles are not going to be complementary of each other. I think it's just going to be a lot of ground game. Do you think Volkanovsky is just going to right off the bat not stand with him and try to take him to the ground? I think so too, but I think Volkanovski is maybe stronger than him. I mean, he's shown his okay. His, and if he stays standing up, I think he can he can catch uh, uh, Islam. But doesn't Islam have a ground game too? I know it's hard. It's I mean, one of those hard. I think a, I'm like fifty. I'm like fifty one percent. Yeah, Volkanovski, forty nine, uh, Malkashev. Yeah, I I like Volkanovski too, but I mean it's a coin flip, and and uh. I'm super hyped because, you know, all that hype train is around Islam. I mean, he looks unstoppable. And the only, I guess, force we have in the UFC that we're hoping has a chance against him currently is Alexander. Outside of his division. Yeah. So it's going to be a champ champ. Whoever wins is the champ champ. Well, no. If Alexander wins, he wins the belt. If Islam wins, he doesn't win that belt because he didn't go down to that weight to get the belt. So Islam, okay. So Islam doesn't get to become doesn't doesn't have the opportunity. To it, it was like when Adesanya lost uh, to to well, Jan, uh-huh. he didn't get that belt. Oh, it's that's whatever. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's it's right. whatever you're in. Yeah. yeah. Well, they should make like winner takes all, right? Should they? Yeah, it's not, but it's technically an unfair advantage because Alexander had to either bulk up. Yeah, that's true. Right to to make that weight. But that's the risk person. you take. Wow, you're <laughs> tough, Mister uh, Replacement of Dana White. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, there you go. Well, it looks like um, one of our um, ex middleweight champ, one of the UFC's ex middleweight champions, um, Luke Rocco, is uh, has left the UFC, but he does continue or does plan on fighting more with you know either um with another property with another maybe bellator or maybe uh pfl or something on the exhibition side okay but look rock code he's he uh, did pretty good the last time he went out did i thought he did pretty good costa? too yeah against uh, paulo costa he did really good um stood in there and i'm pretty sure he still has uh, a little bit left in the tank and hopefully we'll see him maybe on Bellator MMA where I think he does have a pre-existing relationship with Scott Coker um, and then maybe also on one championship. I like that. So the number one ranked UFC featherweight Max Holloway recently received a surprise call out on social media. Blessed has not fought since his tough UFC 276 decision loss to the UFC featherweight champion Alexander the Great Volganovsky. The defeat leaves Holloway 0-3 against him. Since then, he's remained relatively unclear of what Holloway's next step in the division will be. And having asserted his dominance over the division of the other fighters, but yet falling short to the champion, Blessed is in an awkward position right now. However, Gaja Chikazi, who is ranked eighth, says he would like a bout between the through between the two. We can make a really good show. So, do you like a fight with him, or 
do you see somewhere someone else higher than him at ranked eighth that Max Holloway should get back in the octagon with? I think Max Holloway has earned the right to do whatever he wants to do, move on to the. But if man, but I don't know, like a Giga Chikadze, he's he's good. He's, he's real really good, good right? real good striker. And I don't know, I don't know. If we see the same Max Holloway ever again, like the 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 the, the, the acclaimed boxer. Um, that he is a striker. I don't I don't think we see that because he's been out for a long time, too. I, I agree, yeah. So let me throw a couple names this division if you would like to see him match up against them. Okay. E- even if he's already matched up, would you like to see a Yar- Yari Rodriguez? Yari Rodriguez. Um, against against Holloway? Yeah. Heck yeah, I would. That would okay. have been a really that would be a good fight. How do you how do you think Holloway fares? Um I think uh, Rodriguez uh, wins, but using his uh, his like jujitsu okay. background. Josh that. Emmett. Wow. Josh Emmett is on a ter- terror right now. I think he he's is. even ch- fighting for a championship pretty soon. He's actually fighting Rodriguez. For next. yeah, okay. He yeah, that's what and I it's thought. on uh, the next pay per view. Yes, um, man. What do you think about that fight? I think I would like that fight, but I think Holloway takes that. I fight. do too. What about a Brian Ortega? Again, didn't they already fight? Uh, they haven't fought in the last three. No, because yeah. Holloway hasn't fought in well, a while. Yeah, yeah, but I think they fought once right. before. But would you like to see it again? I would. I, think, I would too. I think with um, Ortega, you know, already knowing what to expect from Holloway. But then again, we have an older Holloway. I know. And it's sad to say, he's probably, what, 29, <laughs> 28. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> and the last name, what about an Arnold Allen fight with Holloway. No, I wouldn't want that. Because that's Arnold Allen is a wrestler, isn't he? Isn't he the wrestler or who's the other? Bryce Mitchell is the wrestler, yeah. right? No, okay, no. Um Arnold Allen's coming off a loss, right? No. Not at no, all. He's, he's won undefeated. the last three against uh Calvin Cater, Dan Hooker. Oh, he's yeah. ranked third. He's ten and zero in the UFC. See, I think I'm thinking he's that, never lost. I, I get him and Brian Brian Mitchell or what's it what's his name? Something Mitchell. The other Bryce Mitchell, Bryce, Bryce Mitchell, yeah. confused. Um, man, I, that would be a fun fight. That would be fun, but yeah. but Arnold Allen's is still going to probably win that fight. I think so too. I don't know. Have you um kind of ventured into the PSL? It's funny you say that because <laughs> I watched the first episode. Did on you? T and TBS. T- I think. TBS. Yeah. TBS. TBS. Yeah. I, I did watch it. Have you? What do you think about it? Is it entertaining? It was entertaining. Yeah. But when I read the article that went with it, mm-hmm. it's scary. Like, it's... I'm surprised that Dana Wright is, like, just kind of throwing on the rug that people could really get some bad concussions on this. And, you know, they use the... the. I guess, I guess the referees are not really employees of the UFC, are they? No, they are not. No, so... Because I know, I know I saw um, Herzog as one of the referees. He was. Uh, and I think several other referees were that are typically in the UFC octagon. I even think Mark there's Smith. a football player that's that one too. I can't remember who it oh, is. Wow. It's a sports football player, I think. Did uh, you watch it? Uh, I've watched highlights. I guess you, you could didn't, call them. I didn't watch the whole thing, but but it looks terrible. I, I I don't know if I would enjoy it. Do you know the rules? Um, I know you can't like tuck in your your chin too far. Uh, you can't like lift your shoulder. There's several little tactical rules, right? 
So, you know, when, when you watch the videos when this when power slapping or slapping whatever yeah. co- uh, competition started, there wasn't really any kind of set rules. So, right. like, if somebody wanted to slap you after about four practice swings you could or whatever mm-hmm. they have it in place now so it's they, three, right? what they, no it's not three it can be wow. it can be um, up to three but you have to let the ref know so that the opponent knows he's fixing to get slapped and not faked out in two, two. yeah yeah and they they have 30 seconds after they get right. slapped so they can be on the ground or whatever but they gotta be up ready to go again um, and they each get three slaps, and then at the end of three slaps, there's judges who determines, which I think at this time it's just the ref determines right. who the winner is. They coin flip to whoever goes, and I'm going to tell you that they're only getting better, which means whoever wins that coin flip, odds are pretty good you're getting knocked out. Like, right. you're not going to get back up. Now, have you? did you see the coaching? It's kind of like a contender series. Uh, no, I, I saw those coaches behind them. Okay. Kinda, yeah. So the two coaches are badasses they are oh, like power okay. sl- uh slapper youtube yeah i mean they both have belts they both oh. have one belts they've actually fought against each other once one of them obviously beat the other so they're vying to do that again at the end of the season but it's kind of like the contender series uh or uh the ultimate fighter after they uh fight each other then dana white and the two um Coaches then decide who they want, if they want both, if they want one. Yeah. So I think it's going to be kind of the ultimate fighter style. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, good. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't see this turning out good for some people. I mean, the very first fight, I thought the guy was dead. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> I, I I've seen some highlights yeah. and it's just um terrible. There, I've seen some other ones where some women. Uh, do they did? do all that, they and did. Uh, I mean, I just I don't see. I hope this doesn't become a trend where there's little, and I'm sure there are already little leagues that do stuff like that. I just I don't want to go to my local pub and there's a slap fighting contest or yeah. a slap contest. The other rule that was very important is you cannot use your uh, palm. Yeah, because that absolutely will knock people out. Bosch Rutten did it back in the day all the time. So you have to have an open face slap with all five fingers touching the whatever. But but that's yeah, just that's just, just but yeah. that's um you could probably catch a, a palm on accident, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I just don't see how. I, first of all, getting knocked out by a slap—that's crazy. And you don't <laughs> not every punch that's thrown in the UFC. Is a knockout punch. That's right. That's crazy to it's think crazy. about that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Definitely. Well, that wraps things up for our MMA news and notes. Now on to our boxing segment where we had two fights to recap. And let's just go ahead. And they were both on the same card um, that night live from um, Manchester, England. Uh, kicking off the recap, we have Joseph Parker versus Jack Massey. A fight on paper and betting odds showed this to be a one-sided fight, but that was not a case, not the case this evening. No, definitely the the former WBO heavyweight champion Joseph Parker. He actually, they both kind of took their time with each other. I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as exciting as you would think. Joseph Parker, with a bigger name, to come in and just just to overwhelm this the fifty third rank 
a heavyweight champ, a heavyweight fighter. Yeah, I think unfortunately this night uh, Parker was drinking his own greatness Kool Aid and didn't realize that Massey was going to be a scrappy and game for this fight, and it frustrated Parker early. The interesting thing is that Massey was is a former cruiserweight IBO uh, title holder, so he was a champion before too, just stepping up in weight. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I think Joseph Parker thought that he's fought the best of the best of this yeah. division, and this guy is just going to be somebody I'm going to steam over, and it wasn't that way at all. Yeah, I mean, that was a negative this match, um, negative of this match coming out of it. For me, the positive was after the loss to Joyce, I think this is what he needed. I think he needed a good tough test. I think he fought hard to get the victory, you know, and get back in that win column. So I think it was great experience for him. Yeah, definitely. And ultimately, we do have a unanimous decision um, by, uh, by win by uh, Joseph Parker, 97-92, and 96-93. What do you think is next for Joseph Parker? 31-3 and three now. I think he needs to continue learning from his last loss and also from this tough win. Uh, and I think he needs to find a fighter either up and, up and coming we're in the top 20, and let's just see where he's still at in this division. I do, too, because there's nobody that in the top division, top of the heavyweight division that I see that he can go in and fight right away with. No, you know, absolutely. If anything, if anything, maybe. And I think I think he beat Andy Ruiz already, but Andy Ruiz is looking for a partner, I'm sure, because he, he hasn't fought in a while. Um, maybe that, but... Uh, the top tier, I mean, I don't see him. Like, maybe not a uh, Daniel Dubois, not uh, Joe Joyce. Of course, he's already lost to him. Um, yeah, there's just the top tier is, is not, not where he belongs. And, and Parker's still 31. Uh, most yeah. people say boxers and, and UFC fighters in their prime are between 28 and 32. So, I mean, he's still got room to grow. He, he can figure this out, possibly, right. and get back up in this upper echelon division. Later on in that night, we do have the main event of the evening. This was, again, live from Manchester. Chris Eubank Jr. versus Liam Smith. I told you last week that Liam Smith is probably my favorite gatekeeper of this division because he's a rough and tough yes. fighter. Um, I really enjoyed him. Enjoy watching him. Um, I didn't think he was going to win, but uh, I thought he was going to put up a good show for 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 the crowd well guess what i agreed with you mm -hmm. and i even picked him you to sure win. did and guess what eubanks wasn't ready for that whatsoever i thought he looked good in the first three rounds but oh, yeah. you know in the in in the fourth smith came out with some hard blows and 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 knocked eubanks down i think eubanks was eubanks was just as surprised as we all were yeah in that um Man, I, I, that was out of nowhere. As far as, you know, like you said, Eubanks was started off first round, second round, third round, probably winning those rounds. Yes, he was. Setting yep. the jab, throwing yep. the jab, setting the tone, um, and then just um, we have a, a knockdown, and then Liam Smith finishes it up in the corner with a TKO. It goes to show you that you're never out of a fight. Your opponent can never be out of a fight. You must always keep your guard up. And I think Eubanks thought after the first three rounds he was going to cruise, and that just not was not the yeah. case. Well, yeah, he he let his guard down because that those punches just came in. And uh, Liam Smith, I, I mean, 
I'm happy for him, very happy for him because he is one of the, like I said, one of my favorite fighters that that fight as like a yeah. um as a stepping stone for other fighters. And this is probably the biggest win of his career. Well, did you see Eubanks' face just swell up really bad after after the fight? To oh, where, I didn't see that. Yeah, to where they think either his cheekbone is broken or his orbital. Ah, uh, can you imagine just? And after you probably were thinking, I'm gonna just walk over this guy, yeah. and then wait for Conor Ben to come out. Yep. Yep. And now, what do you think's next for the winner, Liam Smith? Thirty-three and three asked if he might chase a fight with Triple G. Smith replied, "I'll see. It depends on what they're going to pay me, but we'll see what's next." I agreed to a rematch clause before this, but if not, we move on. I'm in a very good position now at 160 and 154. We've got a big decision to make. And he sure does. I mean, um, I mean, with this win, he jumps up to number two in the world in the in the uh, middleweight division. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. Because right? Eubanks, I think, was probably number number two, number four around that area. Um, he's already lost to Jaime Munguia. And that was a really tough fight for Munguia. And yeah. it went all the way to the decision. Um, I mean, gosh, I don't know who else is worthy of Liam, Liam Smith right now other than a Gennady Golovkin. I mean, a Triple G, why, why wouldn't they have a good fight? Triple G hasn't fought in a while. Smith is coming off of relatively probably unharmed in, in that fight. Last fight for Triple G was Canelo. Yeah. Right? And I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm a Triple G fan, but he looked old and he looked slow. He sure did. And Smith looked phenomenal. So... In that fourth round, so if he can put a few rounds together against an older, past his prime Triple G, I mean, I think he can beat him. Yeah, um, Triple G is coming off his last fight from, like you said, Saul Canelo Alvarez. This was back in August of 2022. Um, I think if Triple G wants to stay relevant and stay active in this division, he needs to find a fight really quick. Yes, because if he waits another three, four months, I don't know how relevant he will be. Absolutely, and and I hate to say that, but but I think it's just. Father Time is undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Eubanks, I'm going to tell you, 32-3, and three, big setback for him at the age of 33. He has yet to win a fight against the upper echelon of elite fighters. I think he has the skills, but does he have that X factor to compete against the elite part of that division? What do you think? Um, But the interesting thing is that I guess because he was on a roll, right? Last, you know, he's probably won his last one, two, three, four, last six fights. He is cu- coming off a loss of a George Groves back in 2018. Yeah. After that, he did. He had six great fights. Um, this is his third loss, and and this is boxing, right? It is. So he's 32 and three. 32 and three. That's that's a lot of fights. That is a lot of fights. And in three losses, I still rank third um, according to BoxRec in the division. Um, Man, I don't know what else is next right now. I think I think he should just wait for the Conor Ben fight because I think that's the only name that would uh, probably um, garner more money, right? More viewership, yeah, interest into it. But now is Conor Ben interested in that fight? I, that's the I problem. I think he has no choice. Conor Ben. I mean, what do you mean doesn't have a choice? Because uh, wasn't wasn't Chris Eubank and Conor Ben about I to know, fight each other? But and then now they had this that. is a but tarnished, you know, ba- Eubanks. Ba- no, it's a, well, it's a tarnished um, Conor Ben because he got popped with. Uh, remember, he got uh, uh, tr- tested 
drug tested. Okay, then does Eubanks want to fight Ben? <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of. Like, impasse, I think they kind of even out right there. Do they? Yeah, it's like oh, this. Yeah. One of us needs to get back on a horse and, and get on. I want to see the fight. Yeah, I want to see the fight. Yeah, but our, I don't know if we're gonna get it. Uh, That's the problem. Well, I don't know. And I don't know what's next for Chris Eubank Jr. because it's like a crossroads, like you just said. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens next on that. Um, well, there's um, a pretty big fight this weekend. The good thing, the bad thing is UFC is back in the train depot making minor repairs. The good thing is boxing's cruise ship is still selling on. Right, right. With a big stop. At a big port this weekend. Sure is. Live from Wembley, London, uh, this January 28th, Arthur Betterby versus Anthony Yard um, in a light heavyweight division clash. So this is a 175-pound Arthur Betterby and Dimitri Bevel are our current champs. And this is Saturday, 28th. It will be on ESPN+. Plus. And this is for the IBF, WBC, and WBO titles that Betterbeev holds. Now, Alter Betterbeev is 38 years old, 18-0, with 18 KOs. He is currently ranked second in this division. Now, his last fight was a win by TKO in the second round, June of last year, and he debuted in September of 2013. Now, Anthony Yard is 31 years old, 23-2, and two, with 22 KOs, currently ranked 8th in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the third round, November of last year, and he debuted in May of 2015. Now, Better Beef is a massive favorite at minus 1,000, and Anthony Yard is a plus 475. Arthur Better Beef is from Russia. He stands at 5'11", with a 73-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. He has a 100% knockout rate with notable wins against Joe Smith Jr. and Marcus Brown. He has no losses. Anthony Yard is from the United Kingdom. He stands at 6 foot with a 72-inch reach, fighting out of the orthodox fight stance. Notable wins. He is now 95%. He has now a 95% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Stefan Kaikov, Kaikov and Landon Arthur. Notable losses come against London Arthur and Sergey Kovalev. So, this is fascinating. Our Arthur Betterbeef, 38 years old, 18-0, never lost. And oh, by the way, every one of his wins has been by KO. By KO. And he holds three belts, and yet he's second in this division. Yeah, yeah. How crazy is that? Like, like... I am so fascinated about this fight because of what Bevel and his dominance did against one of the greatest fighters of all time in Canelo. Mm-hmm. That now I'm like, is better Beav better than Bevel? Because people are saying he is based on the the ranking. So I'm excited to see better Beav back in the ring. What do you? What do you? Oh, I mean, I this? think you already know. But Arthur Better Beav is probably my top fighter in that division. Yeah, uh, above um, Bevel. Yeah. Um, but it's time to put up right now, right? It's like uh, time to make that, make my prediction, um, it is. come true. Because if he if he doesn't get past Anthony Yard, I mean, this is probably going to be the upset of the century, I guess. Is it? I don't know the century. Yeah. I'm really, really yeah. being sarcastic. Yeah, but, of course. But um, you know, I just I'm really looking forward to because later in the spring, I'm pretty sure that Bevel and a Bird Bee fight will be scheduled. I hope it does. Yeah. That's my number one. Um, so I'm assuming you're going with Yard? 
<laughs> right? No. The, uh, I'm going to put like $10 on yard to make it like a $200 okay. return probably. Right. But um, no, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Arts of Better Beef by TKO in the sixth round. Well, I like Better Beef as well, but I think he's going to do it in the fourth round. All right. Well, that wraps up our boxing preview for this week. Um, let's go ahead and go into some boxing news and notes. Ray Vargas hasn't decided if he'll stay at 130 after Foster fight or return at 126. Ray Vargas could hold the WBC featherweight and super featherweight titles simultaneously if he beats Foster on February 11th. Vegas Vargas won the WBC featherweight championship from Mark Mazial in his last bout, and he didn't need to relinquish it to move up, perhaps temporarily, to the 130-pound limit to fight Foster for the WBC's unclaimed super featherweight belt. If Vargas wins, he isn't sure whether he'll remain in the 130 division for his following fight or return to 126 for a defense of his WBC featherweight crown. So, in your opinion, what do you think he should do next? 130 or 126? Um, I think the older you get, the harder it gets to try to make weight to that division that you're in. Um, and with uh, with uh, Vargas being, I think, almost 32, 33, I think he should move up, move up to another division and, you know, make a claim in that division. Okay, so if he moves up a couple, well, and, and obviously he's fighting Foster in that upper uh, division, um, there's there's a few fights. There's an Oscar Valdez that you'd mm-hmm. have to contend with if he moved up in there. Uh, there's also an Archie Sharp who actually is 22 and 0 in that division. But I will tell you, if he stayed at 126, I mean that's not even an easy division either. I mean he's got Navarrete sitting there with a, a belt or two. He's got a Luis Lo- Lopez sitting as well, and he's got a Laura sitting there. And what about Wood? Or Warrington. <laughs> I mean, there's a who's who in that in that division at 126. I mean, it is it is that that whole division is is top to bottom, top ten. It's just murderers row. We I didn't even say Kiko Warrington. Nope. You know, it's I think you should move up. It's an easier path, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it sure is. Yep. It sure is. And then, like I said, I think I think Vargas even looks a little older than he is too. Yeah, and um, and he's been he, in like the last f- three years, four years. He's only fought maybe three times, and um, yeah, I think he should just uh, set his sights on different goals. Yeah. So David Benedivis versus Caleb Plant pay per view fight is set for March twenty fifth at MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Benedivis, who is twenty six and zero with twenty three KOs, and Caleb, who is twenty two and one with thirteen KOs, a native of Tennessee jointly announced that their social media accounts on November 3rd that they agreed to a contractual terms. The bout between Ben and Davis and Plant will headline a four-fight Showtime pay-per-view card. The fight is ex- the expected fight between Jose Ramirez and Richard Comey will also possibly either be on this card or they will also be fighting in Fresno, California. So, what do you think about these two fights? Um, I like Benavides. Um, he's he's probably one of the top in that division, other than Canelo. Um, who was the other fighter that you were or fighting? So he's gonna be fighting Caleb Plant, right? Right. Which is surprising, considering that 
we thought that, we were going to get a Ben and Davis versus uh, Canelo. Canelo, right. weren't we? I thought so too. Maybe, yeah. but um, but I did hear that they Caleb Plant and Benavides they get they did sign and and okay. that's going to be really good fight. I, I mean, I don't know. Did did you see the Caleb Plant's last fight? I did. He he did totally knocked, dominated. Right, knocked out uh, uh, Darrell. Um, he just knocked him out. It was a terrible knockout. Yeah. Um, showed that he was back into you know in the groove. Um, so man, that's gonna be a really good fight. David Benavides Benavides versus Caleb Plant. Right now, I'm thinking uh, Benavides with his reach. Yeah. Can can kind of get uh Plant, but man, that's does this be hard. seem like Plant is is Liam Smith? Don't Ooh. sleep on Caleb Plant. Yeah. I mean, he looked great, like you said. He did. He did. Um, that's going to be a really good fight. The other fight that I was bringing up was Jose Ramirez, who was the former 140 title, title holder, 27 mm-hmm. and 1. Uh, he w- he recently passed on the WBC order to face uh, Regis Porges. Progress. Mm-hmm. And so now they are putting, uh, we've seen him, Richard Cormay, uh, Comey, mm-hmm. who, is, who is 30 and 14, a former lightweight titleist. Them two are going to hook it up uh, in the March. Mm-hmm. We've seen Richard Cormier fight, I believe, um, with, against uh, several uh, formidable opponents. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's. I think both of those fights are gonna be. A this great. is a tough night out, and I think I think the odds when they finally come out are gonna be closer than what probably the the favorite thinks it should yeah. be. I mean, those are tough tough fights. And here's the thing, back to Ben Davis Plant. I mean. Really, what has Ben and Divas had the game by being Plant? I mean, Plant's the one that's that has nothing to lose, right? Right. Ben and Divas has a Canelo fight to lose. Yeah. yeah. If he loses, you're right. This is this is gonna be interesting. It is gonna be interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you know, one of the um, most anticipated rematches of the year. Um, even it was it was it was even set up last year, but um, something fell through. Um, Josh Taylor versus Jack Catterall. Let me see if you've heard this before. Josh, Josh, who was it? Josh Taylor versus Jack Catterall. Okay, yeah. Let me see. Let me know if you've heard this before. This match has been postponed. What? Again? Again. I think this is the third time. What is going on? So what happens is Josh Taylor has suffered a torn plantar fascia um, and his March 4th return um, for the title rematch um, in Glasgow has been postponed. And we'll see how and if they re- get that fight scheduled again. I don't think we're ever getting it. Do you? <laughs> I don't it think just so. always seems something. It's always something coming up, and it and you know, and Catterall is just waiting, waiting, and waiting, and waiting for that his chance to prove that he did beat Josh Taylor. Because a lot of people think he beat Josh Taylor. How long can the man wait until he's rusty? <laughs> you know, I yeah, mean, seriously. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Do you have any other boxing news? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment for this week. Now on to our Pick'em League. Well, it was just us picking last week. Uh, we Technical did not, difficulties. Yeah, I'm technical sorry. difficulties. Sorry. Yeah, it happens. But just for uh, the fans to let uh, everybody know how we did. Right. You went 3-0 and in MMA. All right. You went 1-1 one 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 in boxing. Now I went zero and three wow. in MMA, not one right, but I went two and zero in boxing. Okay, so okay. I didn't add it to the total because it would just mess up all the other running things. So, right. uh, but we'll get back on track uh, this week. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, uh, again, that's my fault. Technical difficulties on the um, 
poll on the Pick'em League. Uh, but that will be this week's will come out um, as soon as possible. Be sure to join us on that Pick'em League. And as always, make sure you're checking out our Facebook and Instagram for any late-breaking MMA or boxing combat news. Well, all right, that wraps things up for this week. Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. Um, My name is Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone, and keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week. Bye.